Hello, this is Haya with Bloomsbury Radio covering the Bloomsbury Festival of 2021. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Muhammad Ali, MBE, who is leading the Soul City Arts project, Bangladeshi Tales from King's Cross. Could you please introduce yourself and your organization, Soul City Arts, to our listeners? Yeah, my, 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 I'm a primarily a, a graffiti artist. I've been painting murals uh, for the past close to 20 years now. Um, and my art has evolved a lot over the years, you know, so it isn't just graffiti, although that is kind of the spirit of what I do is all is as a graffiti artist is present in all of my work. I'm doing projections or curating festivals or, you know, working on a sound or musical piece. So I've kind of, it's kind of evolved over the years. And of, of course, also I founded an organization called Soul City Arts, where I'm an artistic director as well. Um, so my independent craft, if you like, as a graffiti artist kind of, grew and evolved um, into other art forms and then also founding this uh, organization which was about kind of contributing more strategically uh, beyond what I sometimes describe as as, in, as an artist that just is one-off wonderful moments but actually thinking more strategically about how those moments can turn into something that is you know embedded into our lives and and consistently present and grows and expands and creates platform for others. That's brilliant. So could you comment on what led you to start this organization and what the aims are? Yeah, I think I think as a as an independent artist uh, that was making art and traveling the world, you know, it was great. You know, over the years I've had wonderful opportunities to literally take my art into every continent in the world and, and travel a lot and paint murals in, in giant buildings working with you know, city authorities everywhere. Then kind of wanting to contribute to, um, as I mentioned, uh, kind of take a more strategic approach, you know, like not not do kind of one-off, you know, be a one-hit wonder, if you like, you know, where you do your magic uh, as a performance, because I did a lot of performance as well, you know, and, the, mm-hmm. you know, I was on stage and I was doing these shows where I'm painting live in front of audiences as well. And it was great, you know, people see it, they clap their hands, they go away. Sure, that, of course, is transformative for people and will have impact on their lives and hopefully, you know, inspire them to continue to do to do other things. However, I wanted to build something that really could um, be like the machine in place, if you like, that would kind of contribute towards that kind of strategic growth and development and creative you know, uh, growth within our communities is where, where the arts are lacking. Soul City Arts as an organization was about bringing a bit of soul to the cities we live in, the concrete jungles we exist in, um, by providing programs uh, over over time, you know, development programs, mentoring, uh, putting on shows, working with other arts venues and spaces and, 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 and helping them place diversity engagement with communities that they, they they aren't engaging with really at the heart of their practice uh, and making it meaningful was the key it's not we don't do tokenism i always say we don't do tokenism you know we don't we don't attempt to have our finger on the pulse i say we exist in the veins and that's where how it should be the spirit of what we do it's really about going beneath the surface and making things authentic you know uh with integrity and you know, making it resonate with the everyday people, you know, our art and the programs we deliver 
are about empowering everyday people that we see every day. Um, so you do have a large presence in your local community and in the people you see every day, as you say. But what reach does your organization have? Because I'm familiar that you don't work just nationally or just in Birmingham, your, um, uh, your home community. Whilst I'm committed to the city that I was born and raised in, and I'm still based in, in fact, the city of Birmingham, um, a lot of my work over the years has always been, you know, traveling nationally and internationally. And I enjoy that. I enjoy kind of, kind of working across the local, the national and global as well. And actually, you know, finding those great parallels of, you know, and sharing across as well learning from these global destinations where I'm able to help others on the other side of the world, you know, deal with some of the community issues they may face and looking at how art plays a, you know, a central uh, and a powerful role in that transformation and bringing that learning back onto my, you know, my streets, to my local neighborhood where my children are growing up. Um, so I, I, I enjoy, I've always felt like that the local community if you like i'm like hsbc bank in a way which is the the, the this caption is uh the world's local bank right i quite <laughs> like that connectivity between that connectivity between the local and the global and actually not separating them mm -hmm. or seeing them as two different worlds but actually i i love bringing and hosting international artists to my local community to to the when i you know with the arts venue i i, I was running in, in you know in my neighborhood in, in my city rather um and actually kind of placing the local community really at the at the at the center and not not it's very easy for us to sneer at community this term community in fact many might kind of uh, turn the nose up and like oh the community it's like and and that that's something that really disturbs me actually how community is belittled uh, and in particular in the arts sometimes community is, is an add-on it's an afterthought. It's something that is seen as, you know, secondary. Rather, the community should be primary, right at the heart of everything. You know, without community, we're nothing. Um, but that was beautifully put about what are we without community? We are very social creatures um, as humans. And art really is a way to bring people together, but also um, highlight people that we don't know um so what does the could we could we move a bit to the project in the bloomsbury festival so what does the project bangladeshi tales from king's cross consist of i've been over the years i've been very much um over the years i've been very much committed to capturing the stories the heritage of immigrant communities. It's something that I'm very, very passionate about being the son of an immigrant to the UK in the early 60s. Um, both my parents uh, are no longer with us. Um, my father, above years ago, mother more recently, at the beginning of 2021, uh, losing her to COVID. So I'm quite passionate about looking at the past looking at our heritage and thinking about legacy to honor those who came before us, especially as immigrant communities. Um, 
I think it's so, so vital. Myself also, as a trustee of Birmingham Museum, where I've been for a few years now, um, I'm so, so passionate about how migrant communities really must, you know, be committed to documenting our stories because the reality is, I always say to people, nobody's going to do it for you, right? We have to be at the forefront of documenting our stories. The museums need to be full of the stories of the very of these people who are who have not been kind of archiving and, and documenting their stories. We take it for granted. Society in general uh, kind of takes takes things for granted in that. Um, uh, sorry. Society in general takes it itself for granted in that we kind of don't really value the past. We don't really think about in much about how the past is something that is so uh, relevant to our current reality. It's something perhaps we think about dusty old books and documents, but the reality is I will say the past is everything. Without the past, we are nothing. And therefore the Bangladesh tales of King's Cross um, documenting the pool of the community, of the Bangladeshi community in particular, to mark the 50th anniversary of this nation called Bangladesh uh, in 2021, I felt a desire to go into the community, embed myself and, you know, draw out these beautifully rich stories that are disappearing. And that's the reality. They're disappearing because people are dying. You know, there's a generation that is, you know, kind of withering away and, and, and and we're losing those stories. These stories are going into the graves, right? They're being buried, they're being lost. Um, and, and this is emphasized more so me, you know, due to my recent loss of, of my mother uh, to COVID. And there are many others out there who are, who are lost. And we only realize after, oh my God, I wish I'd asked more questions. I wish I would have, you know, listened to those stories that used to bore me when they were alive. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, these rich stories that I've been able to, been very honored and privileged to have listened to these intimate, deep, beautiful stories, to capture them, film them, somatically, beautifully shot as well. You know, I have to emphasize that this project, when I was filming the Lishy Tales of King's Cross, that the emphasis for me, if I'm gonna shoot these stories of people that haven't been heard, I'm gonna shoot them beautifully. Otherwise, don't bother, I say. If you can't represent the stories of the people who have been heard and do it with excellent beauty, then just go home, don't bother. <laughs> you know, because the yeah. reality is, I say, they deserve that, right? Yeah. They've, been, they've been quiet for so long, they've been unheard for so long, that when, do, when we do throw the spotlight on these stories, people will sit up and say, what on earth is this? We are, and I want them to be mesmerized by these wonderful stories. So the project was documenting the stories, then spending weeks and weeks of editing it and composing it and choreographing it with music made especially. Um, and then playing this as a video projection uh, mapped on the British Library and the Holy Cross Church in the King's Cross area, right? So it's about taking over these civic buildings, these giant buildings and structures and illuminating them with the stories of the people. 
So that's that's kind of really the output was gathering the people from the Bangladeshi community and beyond to celebrate this 50th anniversary of this nation, but celebrating these kind of deep kind of embedded stories in the community that have not been heard and seen and throwing them up onto these buildings so for everyone to see. That is so touching. Um, I particularly like the, the medium you chose film um, because it, it translates so well with, we were t- uh, about, you know, you talking about the past and going back to tradition um, and highlighting the experiences of an older generation. I think film is quite appropriate because of the oral element it has, as well as being able to see their faces. Um, So it kind of, it takes you back to when you'd hear um, your grandparent or an auntie telling you um, her own story face to face and hearing their experiences. And you've put that on a much larger scale for more people to see, Um, very intimate. Uh, so the question I'd have to ask you for that is, what was the process like um, taking these stories? How did you find these people? And what was it like for you personally um, to be hearing uh, their migrant stories? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, it's so personal to me as well. Um, I Listening into these stories is like listening to my parents, right? who are no longer with me. So it was such a, a personal thing, being someone who could relate to these stories, who could um, converse with these elders that I was speaking to in the language that they speak to. So I would say I almost was talking to them as if I was their son or their grandson, right? Um, and that was necessary for me to gain their trust to speak in the same language, to build on the conversation and relate to them and and gain their trust as well. Let them know that I'm here to to honor and respect them. You know, I wasn't just an interviewer. I wasn't just an oral kind of history expert or some museum curatorial person. I was someone who's from the same community as them or, or someone that they could see as their own, if you like. And that was, a great thing you know i've got got lots of experience of of being able to embed myself into different communities into my own communities as well as others you know that's something that's at the heart of my practice which is um being very transparent being very open being a people person going out and talking i like i love talking to different people and just you know listening and immersing myself in people's stories so you know that was the, really at the heart of getting these wonderful stories uh, and gaining their trust, you know, so they know that this, this is someone who's going to present them and respect them in a, in a, in a way that is, you know, uh, respectful and honorable. Um, so um, the process of embedding myself was done so in a kind of meaningful way. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, just done as a kind of, you know, as if I was an outsider, I had to kind of make myself flexible to be, kind of come into their community and be in the space that they're comfortable with as well. I understand that completely. <clears throat> that is that is so true. What you said you have to build as well a relationship with these people you're um, you're filming. 
so that because they're telling me such intimate stories as well um it's brilliant stuff and i know um they will be uh, projecting the film uh on sunday the 17th and they did as well on october the 15th uh so listeners will be able um to go catch it themselves on sunday um so just to talk a bit about your work, um, you're also a street artist, um, literally spill the art into the street through your graffiti work. And this clearly translates into the ethos of your organization. Um, but what parallels can you draw between your craft as a graffiti artist and the project? Yeah, I mean, as you just mentioned, it's something I always uh, say, which is as a graffiti artist, it's art literally bursting outside of the conventional spaces of art and spilling out onto the streets where art should be. You know, art shouldn't be confined to certain spaces and to posh galleries in certain parts of town, but rather be in our everyday environments uh, for everyday people to appreciate and, and uh, benefit. So that is the ethos of me, of my work as a graffiti artist and beyond, actually, in that kind of that spirit of, of everyday openness and art being accessible is permeates through my work um, in my organization, in, in everything I'll do. So in the same way that graffiti art for me, the murals that I paint were about making these buildings speak, you know, who says that if walls could only speak, you know, we can make walls speak. And that's what we do as a graffiti artist, right? We make these walls speak with the stories of the people. And that's what I try to do, which is um, listen and immerse myself in the stories of the local people. You know, whenever I paint a mural, I, I never like just cutting and pasting something, you know, typical, just, just parachute in and out. Rather, I aim to reflect stories as best as I can. I, know, I never always get it right. I know I don't. But as best as I can, I try to listen, observe, and create some art that would try to resonate or you know, aim to resonate with the people that see that art every day, as opposed to just cut and paste. So that immersion, that respect for lo the locality as a, as a graffiti artist is what I always aim to do. Now, as a mural painter, graffiti artist, I kind of interchangeably use these words, graffiti, muralist, uh, street artist, all the different words we have for, for, for graffiti artists. Now, as a graffiti artist, um, we bring life to these concrete blocks um, by ma and making them speak. Now, with this project, Bangladeshi Tales of King's Cross, I'm just putting the spray cans down and painting with light instead to tell the stories of the community. So in a way you could say it's a, some interesting kind of parallel of how as a graffiti artist and a projectionist, we are bringing stories to these buildings and making these walls speak, but just using different mediums. Um, and that's been quite exciting to be kind of injecting into this kind of the projection mapping world, if you like, of projecting onto giant buildings and bringing the spirit of my own craft as a graffiti artist, which is trying to bring meaningful stories into this projection mapping world. It isn't just abstract eye candy to, you know, to marvel at, yeah, and create a nice, uh, colorful spectacle, if you like. And what I always often describe as almost like fireworks, fireworks that 
very pretty to look at. You see these explosions of color, but actually going beyond the eye candy and going, I want to create a story. I want to reflect the everyday people in the art that I make. So these projections, these visuals, whether it's a film or whether it's a mural, I want this building, this canvas that I take. And I say I take because it is literally this power. There's a something, there's an interesting dynamic of power here when we project or when we paint on a building, it's about taking this unconventional canvas and taking it as our own, if you like, and saying, I will dominate you. I will, it's about that, but that, that struggle between people and power and authority. And by projecting, even though, of course, in this instance with this project is with permission, the just very mere kind of the act of, 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 of what, you know, of people seeing this thing projected it's kind of a subversion, if you like, of, of that kind of uh, that, that, the narrative of, of people and power and, and physical and public space. Um, but by dominating it and projecting our stories and by dominating it and projecting our stories, we, there's a statement that says, I exist, not just I exist, but I have the power as well. And we will tell our stories that aren't heard and place them in giant form for everybody to see. Absolutely. I think as well, the symbolism that comes from which buildings you are projecting onto um, just adds to what you're trying to, um, to the goal of the project of sharing these stories. So the projections um, are taking place on, they took place on Holy Cross Church, on the 15th of October and on the 17th of October, the film is being projected on the British Library, which is an icon of a building. So grand and um, instantly noticeable. It's a landmark um, essentially. Um, and so having that story, um, these stories projected on such a large scale on buildings, on monumental buildings, I would say, um, really adds to the poetic you know to the poetic nature of what you're doing it's very it's all very poetic and it's all very grand thank you are brilliant to interview because you're so meaningful with the responses you give um and I'm sure listeners are so intrigued to see the films themselves um but just to move on to to yourself a bit could you tell us about um winning awards and so you are decorated you're a member of the and most excellent order of the British Empire, um, MBE. Um, what was that process like um, being recognized for the work you do, not just in the local community, but on a national level? Um, do you care to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, winning awards and things, um, I've never really kind of strived to win awards or even questioned the value of such awards. Mm think you know what is it a certificate a, a trophy or a certificate um and actually i was very much conscious of it of being something that could be a problem actually you know of it contributing to inflating my own ego which i'm always trying to fight with and trying to control this awful thing which is the ego um but then i recognized the value in terms of community growth and development and me accepting an award as being an everyday son of a working class migrant from Bangladesh, 
um, who came to this country, I saw the value of actually um, taking my community. I saw the value of taking my community on a journey uh, with me, if you like, and aiming to raise the bar of our communities. So accepting awards like this and others, um, I eventually really kind of felt and understood the value of, of what they bring. If I'm honest, that award, I did it for my community, but primarily I'd say I did it for my parents. I did it for my mother, really. I did it for my parents and my father as well, um, my late parents, for them to kind of know. And whilst one of them was alive, they were able to witness and see that as migrants to this country that that we you know their son was embraced accepted um awarded something and you know and and it kind of uplifted them and, and primarily i'd say that's why why i yeah uh, i did that yeah it's a it's an award not just to you um but if but that affects your community and so many other people and it just um it i think it recognizes the work you're doing as well for your community um which is quite lovely. Would you care to comment on any other projects being done by Soul City Arts at the moment? Or do you have any personal projects that you're excited and would like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to embark on a project. There's a bit of an embargo on it at the moment, so I can't give away too much. But it is a project that I, from January onwards um, that I'm going to be working on for the entire uh, year of 22 which is probably my biggest project to date. It's going to be a totally immersive theatrical project that explores, well, I can't say too much about it. I was about to <laughs> almost <laughs> give away what it is, but I, 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 let's put it this way. It's something that will take me a year. It's probably going to be the biggest thing I've ever done, uh, a theatrical immersive show that will be also touring as well. So it would begin in my home city of Birmingham and the intention is to take it to other locations, which is Melbourne, Cape Town and Toronto, which are in the, in the pipeline. Um, but I, I can't, you're going to have to just watch this space, follow me on the socials Brilliant. and things like that. And I, and I can reveal, but not just yet, it will be in a few months time, but literally this is the biggest thing, the thing that I'd probably... You know, if I was to disappear off this planet after that project, I'd probably say I'm I'm, I'm done now. You know, so wow. that's how how, how how special this project is going to be. That sounds exciting. Sounds big, and I'm sure. Well, listeners and I are intrigued to to see what it is. So we will be watching Soul City Arts and what they have in the future, and your personal pages as well. Um, just also to talk about Soul City Arts has productions in I would say unconventional spaces like car parks um, you also do dining experiences if I'm not mistaken so do you have um, an affinity for mixed media and combining things that you know producing or sharing art in a way that's not um, traditional not a traditional like a museum yeah I mean um, I think it goes back to as a kid not knowing what I want to do actually and not being able to kind of <laughs> narrow it down to I want to be this type of artist and that desire to yeah I suppose at that time it, it kind of informed me today till this day which is I like playing with sound music theater uh, uh, food you know food is an art um, you know uh, visuals and actually that that's really present in my work you know I'm a mixed media artist I suppose if you want to call me that um, but uh, but definitely I kind of like weaving in and out of different mediums and 
exploring with all and, and everything, um, you know, not a jack of all trades, but a kind of, uh, but rather someone who just like weaving in and out and bringing in different crafts and, and mediums and, and playing with that really. And everyday mediums as well, you know, that's why for me, the spray can is, is just a powerful tool that speaks to, 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 to the, you know, modern society and, and younger generations. It takes art and breaks outside of the kind of the conventional um, barriers that we place upon ourselves or we are, that are placed upon us. So, I mean, yeah, you mentioned immersive dining. You know, I do a lot of dining kind of experiences actually based on the fact that my father owned a, an Indian restaurant, you know, and I'd, I'd helped him since the age of 11 in that. And actually that's present in my, in my art now because I love doing, you know, immersive dining events where we, we have beautiful kind of environments for people to come and dine in and, and have conversations with total strangers while listening to soundscapes and seeing visuals surrounding them, you know, and so food is a big part of what I do for sure. Yeah, you really engage in all the senses uh, with your art. So the dining, the food, the touch, the smells, obviously what you're seeing as well and hearing. Um, I think it. I think it's probably I, work. Sorry. I'll, I'll probably add. Sorry, forget. Sorry to interrupt. I'll probably add that also comes from the fact that I used to work in the games industry for about uh, five oh. years. So from working in games, um, making these design, designing these games, I spring with these kind of immersive elements because we're exploring with what they see what they hear um even touch because you know the joy, joypad in their hands is vibrating so that was i was very much exposed and learned about how we immerse the audience if you like you know and and mm. uh, and and actually have people eating out of the palm of your hands if you can immerse them with these different mediums and get them right and get the formula right we all know a gamer whether it's a siblings or our sons and daughters who when you when they're playing their games they are they've completely been captivated and they you call them and you call them for dinner they, they can't hear you right they, they've yeah. been transported to another dimension yeah it's very interactive it's very immersive as you say and you're so right I have a little brother and you cannot call him for dinner when he's got his headset on I think people involved in games as well of course in captivating art let's say, I mean, uh, the graphics, the storytelling, games are a form of art, I would say, I'd go so far to say. Um, but it really does captivate you and it um, catches your interest. I think um, I think your organization and what you're doing um, is very, in this project specifically, really starts conversations um, between people. Um, it's nice to talk about and it's nice to understand on a deeper level. Um, especially now understanding the stories of the migrant people who come who of the Bangladeshi community who live in Bloomsbury which I'm I, I my local community is Bloomsbury and uh, I didn't know there was such large um, Bangladeshi presence um, so projects like yours and a lot of the other events in the Bloomsbury festival are really starting a dialogue and um, they're, uh, they're targeting divides in society or, or unseen parts of the community that we live in. Um, so I think just what the festival is doing, what your project is doing, it's all very beautiful and it has wider implications as well on uh, the Bloomsbury we want to live in and more. You, yeah, you mentioned unseen divides and, and absolutely this is, you know, that really kind of uh, strikes a chord because um, 
the, the, the reality of segregation in our society is something that is really at the heart of what I do as well, uh, which mm. is address these unseen divides, these divides that perhaps politicians uh, and authorities and governments battle with or, or, or say they battle with, right? Or pretend that they are trying to solve, right? But the reality is nobody's going to fix that for us. So we need to look at these kind of interventions ourselves to explore how we can get people talking using these the arts film format and whatever else to get people to kind of look into each other's lives more um, yeah. because reality society doesn't allow us to convene and gather and converse um, together with with people of all walks of life and I think those interventions need to be you know driven by us uh, so those unseen divides so 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 important uh, you know and, and that's a beautiful way you put it which is the unseen devices, these invisible barriers that we, we know they're there, but we don't see them. Absolutely. You are giving a voice um, to a community that may have not had such a strong one before the Bloomsbury Festival. I mean, how many people really do know how ingrained um, the Bangladeshi community is in Bloomsbury? Uh, personally, I had no idea whatsoever beforehand, and I've lived here for a year. Um, so I really think targeting those unseen divides through art, um, which is a medium a lot of people enjoy, obviously, um, is a great way to get the ball rolling and um, start really meaningful conversations. Um, like this one. Thank you so much for meeting with me. Um, so just for listeners to know, the first um, projection of the film was on Friday the 15th of October at Holy Cross Church. Um, but you can catch it again on Sunday, 17th of October at the British Library at 6.30 p.m. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about Soul City Arts, um, the work they do, and of course about Mr. Muhammad Ali um, and his upcoming project for 2022, um, I suggest visiting the website soulcityarts.com um, and looking into... Uh, uh, Mr. Hamadani's work. Uh, this was Hayal Amin for Bloomsbury Radio, um, and I hope uh, you've enjoyed our conversation.